Second Samuel, starting in chapter 17. So Absalom uh, is trying to decide what to do, how to uh, deal with his father, King David. And he first calls on Ahithophel, and Ahithophel gives him uh, good advice that would probably have worked to capture David. And then he calls on Hushai, who is David's plant or spy there in his, own, in his son's camp. And Hushai gives a very convincing argument that if you try to fall on David right away, like Ahithophel said, uh, he and his men are such mighty warriors that they'll beat you and then the tide will turn against you and the people will remember, you know, David's a, a great warrior and he has mighty men and your people will be scared and you'll end up losing. Why don't you instead wait for all the people, gather a great army from all of Israel so that you can overwhelm him. And so... Uh, Absalom preferred this counsel, and he went uh, with this counsel. And then he sent uh, word by Zadok and Abiathar, the priests, to tell David what was going on. And they had an elaborate system of sending messages, and and they were almost caught. Not, you can read all that yourself. And uh, then Ahithophel uh, saw that his counsel was not followed, and so he was uh, humiliated. And he decided to end it all based on that. And the only other thing I'll mention in this chapter is that uh, Absalom set Amasa, who is Joab's cousin, as head of his army. And then you can read the other details for yourself, and we'll move on to chapter 18. So David arranges his army. He's got uh, them in three sections. Uh, one under Joab, his commander, one under Abishai, Joab's brother, and one under Ittai, the Gittite. And they have a third each, and he wants to come with them, but they say, no, you're far too valuable. We can't have you dying in the battle. And so he says back, and he says, okay, but, you know, be careful with my son, uh, Absalom. I don't want him hurt. And all the people heard him say this. And I don't think I mentioned in the last chapter, but it, it, it tells us that God was with David. God... Uh, uh, confounded the wise counsel of Ahithophel and uh, so that Absalom took the uh, deceitful counsel of uh, the other guy, Hushai. And, um, and so then we see that here in the battle. Uh, David's men have an, a huge victory and even the force itself were fighting on their behalf. So 20,000 men of Israel died and uh, Absalom happened to meet the servants of David and his mule ran through a thicket and he Absalom got caught in the tree basically and he's just hanging there and unable to get himself out so a man of David's army runs and tells Joab he saw Absalom hanging from a tree and he says uh, you saw him? why then did you not strike him to the ground? I would have given you ten pieces of silver and a belt and and he says, you could give me a thousand pieces and I would not have touched the king's son because I heard him charge you not to hurt Absalom. So Joab takes some young men with him and they take some spears and they go and they kill Absalom. And then Joab blows the trumpet and the battle's over because Absalom is dead. And then there's this uh, story of um, Ahiamaz, son of Zadok, wanting to come deliver the good news. And Joab says, yeah, you don't want to give this news. 
And so he sends the Kushite, but Ahimaaz really wants to give the news, and so he says, fine, you're not going to get a reward for this, but you can go ahead. And so he outruns the Kushite. He comes and gives the news, but he acts like he does not know what happened to Absalom. Then the Kushite arrives, and he tells him the news, and, and David just starts weeping and weeping for his son and wishes he would have died instead. And then we go on to chapter 19. And Joab comes and rebukes David because he's moping and crying, and, and it's turned what should be a, normally a celebration time for all the people who had a great victory. It's turned it into a somber time where they all feel humiliated for winning. And so Joab rebukes him and says, you know, you'd, you'd be happier if we had all died and Absalom were alive. You're, you're liking your enemies more than those who saved your life and the life of all your family. And so you need to go out there and say something to the people. So David went back out and stood at the gate so that uh, he could see the people. The people could see him. And then it tells us kind of how David politics to bring the people back to, to making him king and how the people kind of... Uh, reason with themselves that they should have never gone away from David and David basically becomes king again and there, there's just kind of loose ends being tie, tied up Shimei the, or Shimei, or Shimei um, who had cursed him before came and begged forgiveness and he basically forgave him for now and uh, Mephibosheth who's the son of Saul I think he's actually the son of Benjamin um came and he was, uh, or wait a minute, no, I don't think he was son of Benjamin. Anyways, he calls him son of Saul. And um, he comes and he just looks terrible. Sorry, I said Benjamin, I meant Jonathan. Mephibosheth is the son of Jonathan and he looks terrible. And so David asks him why and Mephibosheth says that uh, he had been um, tricked and slandered by his servant. And uh, and so David um, decides to split the land between the two of them. Now there was a man named Barzillai who had been very gracious and accommodating to David when he was in uh, Gilead across the Jordan. And so David wanted to take care of him in Jerusalem, but he was 80 years old. And But he says, no, I'm, I'm old. I'm just going to stay here until I die. You don't need to worry about me. But he says, here's your servant, Chimham, which I don't know if it says somewhere else, but I'm assuming that's his son who he sends with him and says, take care of him. Whatever is due to me, give it to him. And then the people of Judah and the people of Israel start arguing over who has a better claim over the king. It's all kind of silliness. And then we move on to chapter 20. And here we see the people of Israel did not think it was silliness. They were upset by what the people of Judah were saying. And so a man named Sheba blew a trumpet and said, we have no portion in David. And so we should get out of here and go our own way. And so they they kind of revolted, basically. They withdrew from following David, but the men of Judah stayed with David. Then it tells us David, uh, you know, he, he finds out that his ten concubines had been uh, slept with, so he provides for them for the rest of his life, but no longer considers them uh, his concubines, I guess. And I forgot to mention, when David was consolidating power again, uh, chapter 2 back, he may, you know, I think he was kind of ticked off at Joab for killing his son. And so he made Amasa, who had been Absalom's commander, uh, he made Amasa commander of his army over Joab. So Joab's ticked off. And he sends Amasa to go after um, uh, 
to go after this new rebel, Sheba, but uh, he's he's dawdling somehow. And so then he sends more men, and, and Joab ends up kind of running into Amasa in the field and ends up stabbing Amasa. Uh, I guess, you know, I guess murder is the right word since he didn't have permission to do this from David. And then uh, Joab and Abishai pursue Sheba, they get Sheba, and they basically convince the men who'd been with them and the men who'd been with um, Amasa to follow them. And so they do. Excuse me, I misspoke. I I guess I read that wrong. Um, They're still after Sheba. So that makes more sense that the the people that that had followed Amasa needed to be... uh, consolidated in before they followed after Sheba. And so that's what they did. Then they pursued Sheba. And they start to put together siege ramps to siege the city that he was hiding in. And then a wise woman called out and said, tell Joab to come speak with me here. And so he, he, you know, he answered her and she says, are you Joab? He says, I am. Listen to the words of the maidservant. I'm listening. Formerly they used to say, they will surely ask advice at Abel, and thus they ended the dispute. I am of those who are peaceful and faithful in Israel. You are seeking to destroy a city, even a mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? And Job says, we have no problem with the city. We just need this man. And the woman says, behold, I'll throw his head to you over the wall. And then she goes and tells the people this. People of the city do exactly that. And so the, the fight's over. And so David's rule and reign is consolidated once again, and it ends the chapter by just kind of telling us who the high officials were, most notably from the story we've been reading. Joab has regained being the top commander in David's army. And it talks about, you know, Zadok and Abiathar and Ira uh, being the priests and, and the other uh, the other sort of... Uh, high position people he has. And that's it for the day. God bless you.